Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. It doesn't take much to figure out that there is evil in this world. Today, First Pres Associate Pastor Tim Shaw explores ways to resist the evil one. But first, we turn to our Alpha video. We start with the question, why do bad things happen? Oh, 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 oh. oh, I was waiting for my son to get old enough to ask me this question. Why do bad things happen? That's a good question. So I ask myself this all the time. Why do bad things happen? Because um, they do. It is what it is. I believe in whatever seed you put in, that's what you want to be now. Maybe that's what I would ask God, honestly. Can't fathom the idea of a devil. It just seems so harsh. Bad things just happen. I mean, you can watch an insect on the ground and one gets stepped on and one doesn't. Why do bad? Because you think negative and then you speak it into existence and then it happens. Bad things happen because of probability. Random numbers. I don't think there's a reason for them to happen. There has to be a balance for everything, otherwise it doesn't make sense. Life's like, it's like irrational, you know. I can't tell you that. Bad things happen because people choose to do bad times. I don't know why bad things happen. Put it on my list to ask God. I think it's just something about life. You have to have bad times to understand the good ones. So I think it's just like a cycle. Well, good morning. Why do bad things happen? That's a question I've wrestled with um, my entire life. Maybe you have as well. Maybe you're wrestling with that question right now. You might be thinking, why am I experiencing all the challenges I'm experiencing at work? Why has my health suddenly declined? Why is my friendship with a certain person um, so filled with conflict and pain? Why is my child being bullied at school? Why are so many people suffering in Ukraine? How can God allow this evil war to continue? Why doesn't he do something? These are very big questions. Huge, seemingly unanswerable questions that sometimes can make us wonder about whether God exists at all. And if he does exist, we can wonder whether he actually cares about doing something about the bad things that are happening. Maybe for you, it also leads you to wonder about God's ability to do something about these difficult and painful situations. So what do you think? Why do bad things happen in our lives. Well, isn't that a really fun way to begin this talk today? Well, good morning. My name is Tim Shaw. I'm part of the team here at First Pres. And this morning, we're going to continue our Alpha Sermon series that we began back in January. We've been exploring some of the really important fundamental themes of the Christian faith. And this morning, we're going to tackle the question, how do we resist evil? We're focusing on this because we believe that we are not, we are living in a world that is anything but neutral ground. We are not living in the spiritual equivalent of Switzerland. Whether we realize it or not, and I do think this is really important for us to pay attention to, we are living our lives on a spiritual battlefield. We have an enemy who is trying to mess up our lives. In this talk, uh, as Kathy pointed out, I'm following up on the Alpha Day Away weekend, where about 300 of us gathered to learn more about the Holy Spirit, and God met us in some really powerful ways. 
And based on past experience, we know that those who take part in that weekend, and maybe you today, they are under spiritual attack after having a really deep and profound experience with God on that weekend. And for those who attended the weekend and didn't really have the kind of experience you were hoping you would have with Jesus, you yourselves might find yourself under a spiritual attack where the evil one is trying to get you to doubt everything you've been learning and studying as a part of the Alpha Course. In this talk, we'll explore the reality of the evil one and discuss his tactics and how we can combat them. Some of you may have just recently started believing that God exists, and now you're telling us that there's a devil? Yep, that's what we're telling you today as well. And that's what we want to focus on. The Bible tells us that the evil one comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. We're not living in the spiritual equivalent of Switzerland. Here's what I'm discovering. Life is actually somewhat less difficult when I recognize that I do not live on neutral ground. We have an enemy who is out to try and frustrate God's good work that he is doing in us and through us. Jesus acknowledged the reality of the devil when he taught us, his disciples, to pray, deliver us from the evil one. He would not have told us to pray that way if he didn't believe that there was a devil. From personal experience, Jesus himself knew what it was like to be tempted by the evil one. Before we launch into our discussion of how we can resist evil, I want to try and put this question, why do bad things happen, in a larger context. And to do that, I'm going to talk to you about the request that the that Jesus taught us to make in the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus encouraged us to ask that we not be led into temptation and that we be delivered from evil, specifically the evil one. More about him in a minute. But let me tell you about a Greek word that's translated in that prayer as temptation. If I was going to write a book on the 10 Greek words that will change your life, uh, the word translated temptation in that prayer would be one of those 10 words. It is the Greek word pyrosmos. Before I unpack the meaning of that word, I want us to learn how to pronounce it. So I'm going to do it syllable by syllable. Okay? First, think of the dessert that you eat sometimes a la mode. Pie. Good. Very good. Then think about the guy on the TV show, Friends, whose name was Ross. So, pie, Ross. And then think about the stuff that grows on some trees in some parts of our country, moss. Pie, Ross, moss. And that word means uh, to test or to tempt. Let's try it together. Pie, Ross, moss. Now, if you were a 21st century Greek speaker, you would probably pronounce it Perasmos, but we're not going to pronounce it that way. We're going to call, pronounce it pyrosmos because nobody knows how to pronounce first century Greek anyway. So we're going to call it pyrosmos, which means to test or to tempt. Now, <clears throat> those are different experiences, to be tested and to be tempted. A test is designed to see what we're made out of or what we've learned. 
A test can be part of our growth and our development. A test is designed to prove and improve our lives. A pyrosmos moment is a difficult or challenging situation in life, which can either be a test that proves and improves our character, or a temptation that is designed to entice us into sin. And whether it is a test or a temptation depends on who is behind it and how we respond. I remember the time that when I was uh, with a group of guys skiing in the backcountry of the Sierra Nevada Mountains in California. Here's some pictures of me, backcountry skiing. When I first started learning how to ski with a 40-pound pack on my back, I earned the nickname Timber. <laughs> because I kept losing my balance and falling over. So they affectionately called me, I think it was affectionately, Timber. One time we were skiing in the backcountry, a blizzard hit us, and we lost our ability to identify where we were. We could no longer see the peaks around us. We could barely see the trail markers. One of the guys asked the question that many of us were thinking, what are we doing out here? And my good friend Peter, who is a quintessential uh, mountaineer, uh, lots of experience in the wilderness, he spoke up and said, and I love this response, what are we doing out here? We're seeing what we're made out of. I love that. We're being tested. Testing has the potential to mold and shape our character. There is always the potential to improve our character in response to a test. But you know what? Fundamentally, God does not put us to the test to see what we're made out of. He puts us to the test so we can see what he is made out of. I love what Louis Giglio says. God puts us in a moment, a challenging moment, a pyrosmos moment, and says to us, I'm inviting you to step into the promises I am making to you so that you can see that when you step into those promises, that you step into a promise with a God who keeps his word. It's all about trusting God every day in the face of every challenge, whatever its source. The truth is that God does test us. He tests us because he loves us and is committed to our growth. God allows things into our lives that will put us to a test. The test is designed to prove and improve us and not tear us down. That's what a temptation can do. When we're tempted by the evil one, the goal of the temptation is to tear us down and not build us up. Have you ever um, had those pretzel bites filled with peanut butter? There's a huge canister of them in the back of the sanctuary right now. Um, they are really good. Well, you know what some companies have actually done? They've taken those peanut butter pretzel bites, which are already really tasty and a huge temptation for me, and they've covered them with chocolate. That is evil at work in our world. It's just wrong. Thank you. That's a temptation that is designed to tear down my health wrapped in chocolate. 
And you know, a lot of temptations show up in our lives looking a lot like that. They're wrapped up in something that looks really good, but end up being unhealthy and unhelpful and even hurtful. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus encourages us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In the last few years, the Roman Catholic Church has updated the translation of this request in the Lord's Prayer, and you know what? I like it. Instead of praying, lead us not into temptation, because God does not tempt us, that's the evil one's department, the new translations the Catholics are beginning to use is, do not let us fall into temptation. I personally like that better. Pastor Daryl Johnson and former Regent College professor in Vancouver, Canada, is a really good paraphrase of this request from the Lord's Prayer. I think it captures the essence of what Jesus is encouraging us to pray. Daryl paraphrases uh, this request in this way. Father, you know that we cannot stand up under very much pressure. As you lead us to the test, and all of life is a test, as you seek to prove and improve our faith, do not let the test become a temptation, a seduction to sin, but deliver us from the subtle wiles of the deceiver, of the deceiver against whom we are no match. Father, rescue us from the evil one. We are no match against the evil one if we're trying to face him on our own. But with God... That is a different story. In the time of testing, deliver us from the one who wants to turn the test into a temptation and get us to believe all the wrong things about ourselves and about God. So, where do these pyrosmos moments come from? Well, some of them come directly from the evil one. We're gonna go learn more about that in a moment and how we can resist him. Some of the bad things in our lives happen because we are living in a broken world. Sin has corrupted the world, and the world is not operating as God created it. Some of these pyrosmos moments come from the fact that we are living on a wild planet where the natural processes can result in great devastation and pain. Earthquakes played a role in creating the mountains I love to ski on, but earthquakes can happen deep under the sea and tsunamis can be generated, and tragically, there can be a tremendous loss of property and loss of life. I'd also venture to say, and this is a really tough one when we think about what are the sources of these difficult, challenging moments. This is a tough one for many of us to really admit. You and I are the source of a lot of the bad things that happen in the world. What is unfolding in Ukraine is just one horrific example of the evil that human beings can unleash on one another. One a British newspaper posed this question back at the beginning of the 20th century. What is wrong with the world? And G.K. Chesterton, who was an English writer, philosopher, and theologian, famously wrote back to the paper his two-word response. What is wrong with the world? Chesterton wrote, I am. I am partly responsible for what's going wrong in the world. We can be the source of the difficult, 
challenging situations in one another's lives and in our own lives. We sang this morning about the sovereignty of God, how he rules over the world, and God in his wisdom allows difficult things to happen in our lives. But it is super important that you and I grow in our understanding that we are living our lives on a battlefield. And we have an enemy who tempts us and wants to turn the tests God allows or brings into our lives to become temptations and tear us down. So, with that context, let's explore the reality of the evil one and discuss his tactics and how we can combat them. In some sense, life is somewhat less difficult when we recognize that we do not live our lives on neutral ground. The devil is a thief who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. His evil efforts may start as small temptations to compromise, but the end goal of the devil is our destruction. It may begin with some nagging doubts that go unexplored or unexamined. The devil wants us to doubt what we believe about Jesus and get us to believe and trust our doubts. There's nothing wrong with having doubts. Addressing our questions help us grow. But unexamined doubts and unexplored questions can make us vulnerable to the tempter's lies about who Jesus is, who we are, and our relationship with God. We want this church to be an incredibly safe place where all of us can honestly ask our questions. When we don't understand what the Bible is teaching or are confused about what's happening in our lives, we want this place to be a safe, supportive environment where we can explore these questions and our doubts. I think many people in our church are discovering that freedom and safety in their alpha groups. There's also nothing wrong with temptation. Jesus was tempted in every way that we are and yet is without sin. Now, think about that for a moment. Every single way that we are tempted, Jesus was tempted. Temptation is not sin. But when we give in to temptation, we stumble into sin. And every time we sin, we have bought into the deception the evil one is selling. He wants us to believe that it doesn't really matter what we do. Well, he's lying about that. Because when we stumble and fall, the evil one will then reveal to us that he's also the accuser who tries to get us to believe that God does not love us anymore because we messed up. That also is a lie. God does not stop loving us when we stumble and fall. In stark contrast to the devil, Jesus has come that we might have life and have it abundantly. We are living our lives on a spiritual battlefield and there are forces that are against us. So who are we in this battle? The Apostle Paul reminds us that God has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of the son he loves. The moment we entrust our lives to Jesus, we are transferred from the kingdom where the devil was in control to the kingdom where Jesus is in control. And these two kingdoms are in an epic battle on the earth. But in the midst of that battle, it is so important that we remember that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And that's a kingdom where there is real life and real freedom. Our citizenship is in the kingdom of God if we have entrusted our lives to Jesus. 
When we commit our lives to Christ, we may have been liberated from all sorts of things that were hurting us and hindering us from experiencing the goodness of being in a relationship of love with God. But there may also be areas of our lives where we still feel stuck, I know I do, where we are not experiencing yet the liberating life of Jesus. That's because we're living between D-Day, which the Allies, when the Allies landed on the beaches of Normandy in World War II, and VE Day, the day when hostilities ended in Europe. The battle was essentially won on D-Day, but the fighting continued for a while longer. Jesus won the victory on the cross. The kingdom of God has come, but the battle continues. And we know that the ultimate outcome of that battle, Jesus wins. The battle continues in my own life. Just when I think my character has been proven and improved, and it has, I, only, I begin to discover how much I still need to grow. When I became a Christian, God set me free from lots of things in my life, but it's clear that he has a lot of work to do to prove and improve my character. Pyrosmos moments are going to come. They show up in our lives every single day. So what resources do we have to fight this ongoing battle? We have some spiritual armor that we, are, we need to put on before we face the difficulties and challenges that land in our lives. We need to go onto the battlefield well-equipped to face the pyrosmos moments that will be there. The Apostle Paul outlines these resources at the end of his letter to the Ephesians. Here's what he counsels us to do in Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So let's just walk through that piece of armor by piece of armor. First and foremost, be strong in the Lord. We need to keep our lives focused on Jesus, and we need to put on the full armor of God, put on the belt of truth. We need to continually ground ourselves in the truth, and Jesus is the truth. The native language of the evil one is lies. Jesus said, uh, the devil is a liar and the father of lies. His whole strategy don't miss this, is to get you and me to think that God cannot be trusted. He wants us to believe that God is not a good, loving, compassionate, merciful God who can help us. 
Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Keep growing in your relationship with God and take good care of your relationships with the people in your life. We need to not just learn information about God, as important as that is. We need to know God personally, learn to discern his voice and experience more of his presence in our lives. We need to remember that we are clothed in Christ's righteousness. Jesus is the one who has qualified us to be in a relationship with God. It's Christ's righteousness that has been given to us as a gift when we entrusted our lives to him. That gift of his righteousness makes it possible for us to be in the presence of a holy God. When God looks at us, if we have trusted Jesus, he sees us clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Our feet need to be ready to move forward, sharing the gospel of peace with others. We need to invest our lives in the service of people. And as we do, we will be enacting what Jesus so graciously does in our lives. He, the servant God, has served and is serving us to this day. And we are called to serve, encourage, and bless the people in our lives and the people in the world around us. And when life gets tough, we need to take up the shield of faith. The evil one is gonna throw all sorts of things at us. And when he does, or when the challenges of our lives become overwhelming, we need to hold on to our faith in God. Keep trusting Jesus. This is not something we can always do on our own. We are going to need others to help us do that. Make sure you are in a small group where you can find encouragement and courage to continue to trust Jesus in the middle of life's storms. We need to win the battle of the mind. We need to put on the helmet of salvation. The temptations we face begin in our mind. We need to be careful about the things we expose ourselves to. We need to learn how to take every thought captive to Christ. We need to cultivate our abilities to say no to those things we know tempt us and ultimately tear us down. We need to be students of the Bible, which is the sword of the Spirit. Jesus knew his Bible. He quoted it when he was tempted by the devil. Scripture is one of our primary defenses against the attacks of the evil one. We have so many resources that we can recommend to you if you wanna go deeper and learn the practice of reading and listening to Scripture. Don't hesitate to ask us. We are to be people who pray. This is a spiritual battle. The battle we fight is not ultimately against other human beings. The Apostle Paul says that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the spiritual forces that come against us. We are fighting a spiritual battle and it requires that we use spiritual weapons. And we are to stand firm together. We can't fight these battles on our own. We need one another. Make sure you are connected to others so that you can meet these challenges together. So as I wrap this up today, um, let's talk a little bit about what our overall approach to this battle is. The scriptures answer that question with a very challenging exhortation in Romans 12, 21. The apostle Paul writes, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's how we attack. We overcome evil not with more evil, we overcome evil 
with good. And one of the most important ways we can overcome evil with good is through forgiving those who have hurt us. In the prayer Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he also tells us to say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgiving someone can be really one of the hardest things we can do, but there is great power in forgiving someone who has hurt us. There is potential for the healing of a relationship. And there's also the potential for setting us free because a lack of forgiveness just eats us alive from the inside out. And the process of forgiveness begins with confession. When we ourselves are willing to admit how we might have contributed to the broken relationship we are in. I've been to the Central African uh, nation of Rwanda about 10 times. I've taken over 50 people with me over the last 15 years. On the, our first full day in Rwanda, we always make a stop at the genocide memorial in Kigali, the capital city of Rwanda. Out of nearly 1 million people who died in the 1994 Rwandan genocide, 250,000 bodies are buried on the grounds of that memorial. Before my teams begin their service in Rwanda or in neighboring Democratic Republic of Congo, it is important for us to understand what took place in this part of our world. And part of that understanding comes as we stand in the place where we remember the madness and the evil that transpired in that nation. The Alpha Film series concludes this episode on resisting evil by examining the journey of one man by the name of Pariti Emmanuel. He was guilty of killing people during the genocide. In response to what Jesus has so graciously done in his life, Pariti sought the forgiveness of Vincent, a man whose mother and grandmother were murdered by Pariti. I can't even imagine what that would be like. I know it would be only with the help of the Holy Spirit that I could forgive someone who did that to my family. Together, these two followers of Jesus sought to overcome evil with good. Let's take a look at their story. My name is Barty Emanuel, and I participated in the 1994 genocide Agnes de I murdered many Tutsi under the order of bad leadership and have spent six years in prison and four years in community service. While in prison, fellow prisoners invited me to try Alpha. I went, but struggled to engage. I realized I needed to tell the truth about what I had done and wrote a letter asking for forgiveness of the relatives of those I had murdered. Life was so hard after being released from prison. I found my wife with two children that were not mine, and I faced many heartbreaking situations. I didn't know how I was going to live with the genocide survivors after what I had done. My heart was filled with agony, loneliness, and fear. Encouraged by Alpha in prison, I decided to do Alpha again. I learned that Jesus forgives and experienced love in a way I had never known before. With the help of a local pastor, I went to find Vincent, whose mother and grandmother I had killed, to ask for forgiveness. 
I now live in a village built for genocide survivors and perpetrators. Vincent lives in the same village. We have formed a friendship and I now experience peace like I haven't experienced it before. Day-to-day life continues to be a challenge, but I have found forgiveness and healing for the things that I've done. Wow. That is such an extreme story. The reason I wanted to share it is because if that is possible, if Jesus can do that for Pariti and Vincent, what might God want to do in our lives? The scriptures teach us that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The devil is not the equal and opposite of God. God is infinitely more powerful than our enemy. The good news is that, we, that when we entrust our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, moves into our lives. And he wants to empower us to fight this spiritual battle with his resources. God is calling us into our troubled world to overcome evil with good. Will you pray with me? God, we do pray that you would fit us for the battle that is all around us and in us. We pray that you would give us great confidence in your faithfulness, that, that when we trust you, when we face the challenges, we will again discover that you are a God who keeps his word. So fill us afresh with your spirit, with yourself, Help us to learn how to put on the full armor of God. We thank you for the freedom that you give us and the way that you set us free. And maybe there is someone here uh, today or listening online or later to this talk that wants to make a first-time commitment to you. And if that's you, I just want you to pray this simple prayer. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you're a God of compassion. I admit that I have wandered from you, not been interested in you, have gone my own way. Please forgive me and wash me of all my sins. And please fill me up with your spirit that I might live a life that brings honor and glory to you, that I might be involved in this great battle to bring good into the world. Pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time online, please let us know by clicking the button or come and see us and let us know. We'd love to help you Uh, Get started in your journey with Jesus. Shall we stand together? After the service, uh, we have alpha groups that are meeting uh, in the other wing of our our building. I encourage you to take part in those. If you'd like someone to talk with and to pray, uh, we have members of our prayer team. For those who are here at Ko'olau, over in the corner at the Lanai, they'd be happy to talk and to pray with you any sort of situation, need that you might have. 
And if you're online, just click that button, ask for prayer, and someone will uh, pray with you. Our God is a good, good God. And he's with us. He's with you in the challenges that you're facing today. And he is trustworthy. Receive this blessing now to God who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his presence with exceedingly great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory and honor both now and forevermore. And God's people said, amen. amen. Aloha and ahui ho. We'll see you next week. Make no mistake, evil is out there. The enemy is working hard to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have the tools and weapons at our disposal to join the fight and emerge victorious. If you want to catch up on or re-listen to previous services, you can find past sermons on our website, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Pres sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. Good news, First Pres is back to worshiping in person. No sign-up necessary, just come. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus. You can also watch the live stream online at fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. Remember to sign up on the websites for First Pres emails for links to sermons, daily devotionals, church news and updates, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything that you need, let First Pres help. Reach out through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Senior Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.